You're listening to The Medical Beat. All right. We're back. And I, I think everything's working now. So this, is, this has been quite a challenge doing the uh, social distancing on the radio here. But I think, uh, I think we're getting it all worked out. So I'm your host, I'm Dr. Steve Harvey, and we're doing The Medical Beat, 97.1 FM Talk. And we have our hi, co-host, uh, Dr. Hi, hello. Hi, and we have Dr. Sakrani, oh, our co-host. Great. Yes, can we all hear each other? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, thank goodness. This is okay. Now we got things working. So, hey, so quick reintroduction. We got Dr. Sony Sakrani, co-host, and we have Dr. Naomi Zilka uh, calling in from New York uh, to uh, tell us all about telehealth. And also, we're going to get an update on how things are going with the uh, COVID pandemic in New York. I was uh, joking with uh, Naomi earlier that uh, I think right now, uh, while we're on the radio show, we're like the social distancing champions here. We, uh, we're, we are... Can you verify that we are more than six feet away, Naomi? <laughs> like six hundred miles? I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, it's four. It's four point eight six million feet. Wow! Oh, I did the calculation there. I did That's the calculation. So far. Yeah, four point eight six million feet. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Naomi. Even this is Tony. Hi. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah. So I'm a child psychiatrist, and I also do telemedicine. I just wanted to know your experience. How do kids accept telemedicine versus any reservation from parents um, as your practice has grown? Uh, Well, that's a complicated question, but the kids respond really well to seeing my face, usually. even the ones I don't know. So I, I work for, um, I have two different jobs. So my main job is I work for a pediatric supergroup that has 150,000 patients here in the Long Island and New York City area, up, up to uh, a little further up than Westchester. Um, and then I work as an independent contractor for a large telemedicine company called MD Live. So when I do see my patients through Allied, they all know that, even if they don't know me per se, there's lots of life-size photos of me um, advertising um, t- their telemedicine program in every office. So when they see me, a lot of them are, it's funny. It's like when my kids were little and they'd see their teacher, like in the supermarket, yeah. it's like a little bit of yeah. starstruck. That's starstruck, like, wait, Dr. Zucker, she's really here. We're really talking to her. And I've even had patients, even had parents say that to me. So that is the, you know, that's like the most positive Side, and then there's the negative side of people who, who um, up until about two weeks ago, I was only seeing patients in New York State. New York State is a very large state. People think of it as just really New York City, but it really is a huge state covering, you know, if I drove from the end of Long Island where I live until the very border uh, of Canada, it would take about 12 hours. So it's far. Um, so I, um, but but two weeks ago, the MD, MD Live company, due to the increased demand for the, with the pandemic, so some of the states started um, issuing us temporary licenses. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very interesting because suddenly I had 11 states that I was seeing patients in instead of one. And uh, very interesting, the response that I got from different parts of the country that it was very different than what I'm used to. And I thought I was used to everything because New York – is such a melting pot and we have very rural areas and of course we have 
you know, the New York City with, all, you know, every religion, every color, you know, anything that we have here. And I thought I was braced, but I wasn't. <laughs> so, um, but, but in general now, people are really, really happy to have telemedicine. So in general, they're grateful. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, and uh, so how about um, something I, I think, I think when we were having some technical glitches, you were telling us about uh, about how uh, how you do the exams and things like that. So I guess basically you're you're not you're really not able to look at look in their th- look down their throat or look in their ears. I but can look down their throat, based on but I can't see anything. Yeah, and right. Um, okay. And, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and and there are there are different um, devices that you can purchase, and you can and. There's there's one with a, a big name company that has has a device that is that parents can purchase, um, and there's all different ones on Amazon. I haven't had anybody try any of these Amazon devices. I have had in the past people try the more expensive devices, and and when they do work, they can actually take a picture of their child's um, ear on their phone and then upload it to me. And it's actually really? I, I I gave a talk yeah I gave it a talk almost three years ago now at a pediatric supergroup meeting. Um, and I showed this picture of this middle ear and it's just like, couldn't have been more crisp and much better than you could see it with your naked eye. But those, and, and I think that's the future of telemedicine, but until that happens, I, I can't see into their ears. Um, oh. But there's, there's lots that I can see, but it's amazing. It is. I mean, when, when parents upload photos to me, the resolution of the rashes is so good and kids, you know, they don't enjoy, especially toddlers, babies. They don't want to be held down while I stare closely at their rash. Um, And with just the high definition and my ability to enlarge the image without losing resolution, it's really better for me personally diagnosing rashes by during a telemedicine visit than an in-person visit, because I can, you know, really, really get close. And then I can also, while the kid's running around, in the background, I can talk to the parent and I can say, okay, well, show me exactly where, what you're worried about. And I can really point out the, all the different things that I'm thinking about. And, and it's actually, for me, much easier to go over the plan um, if, if I say, okay, bye. You know, the kid can leave and run around and do whatever they want. And, the, you know, the parent can focus on me. So it, in that way, um, pediatrics is always a little bit um, challenging when you have little kids in the room it's part of what we love about it but it's also part of what makes it challenging especially if there's a screaming baby or you know child and then of course normal behavior of parents they really can't focus as much on what you're saying but with with telemedicine you can can usually be distracted by a toy or another person or something like that oh okay yeah yeah that's amazing so so it's like the a lot of the future of medicine might be you know, mom and dad take a picture of the kid's rash or a picture of the kid's middle ear and and send it over the Internet and talk to you to, you know, to have a telemedicine visit. Yes, it's coming. I mean, nice. it's not going to replace yeah. hands-on medicine. Um, yeah. I don't think in my lifetime. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and one of the other, yeah, but, it, but what this has done, because I was out there, you know, uh, trying to do telemedicine because of my health and I did not 
I have a choice if I wanted to, you know, stay alive, which is what people are experiencing now, but I've been experiencing this for five years. So, um, I was really not giving up. So most people would give up because it was just not happening. Um, but, but then when finally, when I, I found this, this super group here on the Island that was ready to think, um, ahead of the times and, and really listen to what I was saying before telling me I'm crazy, which most people did, you know, um, People who, who come up with um, usually who are visionary, people either laugh at or um, discount. Mm-hmm. So, and usually in their lifetime, they don't get to see their vision um, played out in reality. So I'm very lucky that the, I, I had a vision for what I wanted in 2015, yeah. and I achieved it in 2020, So, which is actually awesome. kind of cool. Right. Yeah, her vision has helped so many other people here in Missouri. I think, you know, what you started in 2015 has taken us a long way because it was very, very hard to reach people in rural areas. And yeah, mainly and now, we're, yeah. we're yeah. able to provide care where nobody would go. And it was yeah. because of this being in place at the time that we yeah. absolutely needed. You know, it yeah. was My, your visionary yeah. efforts have produced fruits at this time. I, I can, that's the amazing thing because I had it ready to roll. I've been doing it, but it's been, you know, petering along, but I've been refusing to give up. And, and when the pandemic hit, we were just ready to scale. And in fact, we opened up. At first, we were only, of course, seeing our own patients, those 150,000 patients that we, we have in our offices, but we've opened up our services um, to anyone in New York State right now. Every single insurance is accepted. There are zero copays. So we got, you know, we were able to get a lot of the barriers to the telemedicine visit broken down. And um, so even though it seems like a small number, um, last month I was able to help directly help 300 of New York's children and by helping them keep their parents in their home too. So, yeah. Yeah. Here, um, our, the, the company I work for, it's called Compass Health Network, set me up like you were set up. Uh, I started in, in January, 2016 and their vision also was amazing because the equipment has just gotten better and better the years and when we started shutting down because of the pandemic we were all ready to go so yeah that's all yeah. the difference so, so, yeah yeah so it worked out hey we've got to go out on break we'll be back okay. in just a moment all right all right we're back hey i'm dr steve harvey uh we have dr sony sacrani and dr naomi zilka hello. uh hi hello. hi Hi. Hey, so so we're talking about telemedicine, and I think uh, really the, the two things I want to ask next is I, I think, uh, first of all, we want to know how has telemedicine changed uh, with the onset of the COVID pandemic? And and the other thing is, you know, you, you're there in New York, and we, we just want to know uh, how things are going over there with, because uh, I know New York has been hit pretty much harder than anywhere else uh, with the COVID pandemic. But let's Let's start with telemedicine. Can you tell us uh, how are things, uh, how has that changed uh, in the last few Well, weeks? the two things are intertwined <laughs> um, because yeah. as soon as we were, you know, ordered to shut the store in place, you know, stay in our homes and, and have our kids stay home and the schools have been closed um, and suddenly 
people got really scared. Every part of medicine, not just pediatrics. Um, and so the visits to offices have gone down massively. Um, and so people still need to see doctors. And um, so telemedicine has really stepped up to to meet that need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it and, doubled or tripled or how's, how's that gone? Uh, about 20 times, maybe more. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. 30 okay. times? Wait. Yeah, 30, yeah about, way, maybe way about more. 30 times the volume. Yeah, which, yes. you know, the volume was way. really low. The volume was low, right. so, but now the volume is about, you know, it's, it's reached a point to, like, when I work, I, I'm seeing as many patients as I physically can in the amount of time. Yeah. So, which right. is right. good. That's what yeah. I want to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and is, is it all over, like, Zoom or Skype, or what do you guys use? No, 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 no. No. So you have to have a HIPAA compliant platform. Right. So that's where it's it's getting really um, difficult for other people and other practices that want to suddenly start telemedicine who may have been thinking about it but not really thinking about it. And um, I belong to multiple groups on Facebook where the uh, telemedicine groups and they're like, how do we do it? We want to do it. And and there are some uh, free platforms. And honestly, I don't know one from the other, so I couldn't even tell you. But um you you need a HIPAA compliant platform, and that makes it com, um, complicated, and that makes hmm. it more much more challenging. Like you can't you know face you can't, if I could FaceTime my patients, I would take a second there in terms of the yeah. connection. Um, but since all that we need for HIPAA compliance, it, it takes some time to connect. Like you experienced today, yeah. <laughs> you're having a virtual right, like that. You know, Oh boy! Radio show. It's much more. It's much right. You thought it was going to be really easy, but it turns out that yeah. it's much more difficult than it seemed at first. So that's right. what people are discovering, and so that's why we were able to really scale our product because it was an amazing product that I've been working on for for two years, uh-huh. and we were able to scale it in no time. So that's why um, when we offered um, telemedicine to all of um, New York State's children instead of only our um, super group, we have people that are coming in whose, whose practices claim to be doing telemedicine, but they're, they're not at all doing it to the extent that we are. Oh, um, right, right, yeah. 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 Oh, so, yeah. oh, hey, yeah, yeah. My well, experience a... uh, in telemedicine was doing it via Polycom. Are you using Polycom at all? This was before the virus hit. Um, I I understand that all the HIPAA compliance rules were kind of relaxed because of the virus, but I totally understand the barrier of needing to be totally um, challenged um, to keep that uh, security in place. So uh, those who are providing telemedicine seriously have to make sure that they have the equipment, but also the encryption in keeping yes. those exactly. uh, information safe. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. um, to answer your second question, how are things going in New York huh? City? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, have, we have just a few minutes. Yeah. So, but yeah, right, to, to right. tell us, so yeah, I, please tell us how are things City. going there? Yeah. yeah I don't live in New York City. Yeah. My daughter does. So uh-huh. my daughter is a 22-year-old RN, and she lives in Midtown Manhattan, and she works at a prestigious um, private hospital in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was doing a one-year specialty program after graduating 
from nursing school number one in her class, um, and she was working in the operating room. And um, but then when COVID hit, as you might, I don't know what you guys see on the news versus what's happening, but all I can say is it's not firsthand material, but from my daughter, you know, through um, and the the operating rooms they started closing down one by one to convert into intensive care units and COVID positive units, and so. Um, slowly, they, had, they keep one OR open uh, for emergencies, and, but otherwise, all the ORs have changed into COVID. And my daughter, actually, they call it redeployment, which is a weird word, um, but it yeah. means that you're going to, and they use it with physicians also, means they're sending you to some place you have no knowledge of and <laughs> never been to. Oh, wow. Um, so, so she had to go to a COVID positive floor with um, not, in my view, the proper PPE, certainly not yeah. what she was used to in the OR. And I mean, I, she, this, you can see all over people needing to reuse their N95 masks, making things to put on top of it. So keep them cleaner. That's true. She gets one ninety one N95 mask a week at the current, this is, you know, up to a few days ago, maybe they have gotten more supplies and maybe it's changed. I don't know, but um, yeah. You know, I I worked hard to connect her with organizations that pr- provide more masks um, and more PPE. It's crazy that I, yeah. I can't. It's it's just beyond my ability to understand. And so she's been around these patients um, here on Long Island. Um, if uh-huh. uh, if only um, the most what do they call it? The most imperative workers, whatever, who are, go- are going to oh, the, work. The most essential workers or, yeah. Yeah, essential yeah. workers. But, I mean, it's defined differently in different different weeks or different days. They find it's, it's like people who cut the grass were determined to be essential, but I think they might right. have changed that. I don't know. So, yeah. um, but but tomorrow will be four weeks since I've left my house. So I can't really say what's going on outside. <laughs> You, you've been stuck in your house for how long? Did you say? Long, Tomorrow, long time? Four weeks. Yeah. yeah. Four weeks. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't, so I can't comment on what's going that. on in New York city, except, you know, what my daughter tells me. And then, well, you know, what I, what I see, Yeah. but every, I'm sure yeah. everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's bad. But, it's, I mean, my daughter has said that whatever she thought it was going to be, it's so much worse than oh. whatever she imagined it to be. Um, right. Oh. And in her, you know, her experience on her floor is that the nurses, you know, they're one to one with how many patients, but she has seen very few doctors. And when she does see them, they are screaming outside the room. They don't want to even come in. So and she hasn't witnessed doctors examining her patients. But maybe when oh she goes to lunch, you know, maybe, maybe it does happen when, you know, she's, she has a right. a lunch break, so um, yeah. well for but for all of the, yeah. what we're going through, I hope that we continue to practice social distancing and continue to wear protective whatever we have, so that wherever we are, we can con- we can uh, control it in in our way, in our very own way, so this curve flattens in very quickly. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's very scary. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. things feel in St. Louis, but here it's scary. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think in St. Louis they're predicting that the that the peak will occur in about two weeks or so, and I think mm -hmm. we're relatively well prepared here compared to other parts of the country. And I guess from what I had heard, New York City thinks that they might be pretty much at the peak now. I, at least I hope that's true. But well, hey, my we, county, particularly uh, my town, was considered the epicenter of the. Um, of the pandemic a few days ago. I don't uh -huh. know if we're still, if we still have that honor. Yeah. yeah. Um, because like we've, oh. I, um, there's, there's a, in my town, there's people that are essential workers or, or non-essential workers who can't afford not to go to work. Uh, oh, and we're going out. Uh, thank you so much, everybody for mm -hmm. listening. Uh, thank this you. has thank been, you for having me. yeah, yeah. This has been the medical beat. 97.1. See you next week. Thanks for listening to The Medical Beat on 97.1 FM Talk. That last song was dedicated to everyone who missed it because they were in the bathroom changing their tampon. And the next 12 hours of songs are for anyone who's trying the Diva Cup for the first time and is currently kicking back with uninterrupted period protection. Sound good to you? Check out the world's number one menstrual cup for yourself at shopdiva.com and get 10% off with code RADIO10. Conditions apply.